0: Have you ever wondered what happens after Art Bubble ends, where the guests go, and what they do? You're certainly not alone, and on this show, the Art Bubble Late Night Show, we are here to talk old guests, and in the future to upcoming guests as well. My name is Arnie, I'm your host, and this is Art Bubble Late Night. And with me, all the way from Portugal, is one of the festival's sleeper agents, you might say. Um, We had this guest come in in uh, 2000. 17 at the round tower and we didn't really know a lot about him before he came we knew he was from portugal we knew he his style looked awesome but other than that we didn't know that much but he came he saw he conquered at least that's the view from uh, from the organizing uh, side of things zay bernay how are you man
1: hi guy how are you man
0: I'm good. It's been a while since uh, since we talked, and um, it's great to hear hear your voice again, man.
1: Yeah, me too, man. Um, it's, uh, sorry, you have to cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> I have to acclimatize my English speaking voice again. You know. Uh, yeah, uh, everything's good, man.
0: I'm glad to hear it. And how's uh, how's life been since you left us?
1: Um, well, it's been going really fast. Uh, working on a lot of projects, and um, it's shaping up to be a really good year for me. So,
0: yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, as as somebody who, who came in to the festival, you, you emailed us fairly late, if I remember correctly, and saying that you were coming from Portugal and could we help you out and stuff, which we did. And uh, we it are is. the richer for it, definitely. Um,
1: I, I really appreciate it, you know. Uh, Like, um, I'm always hunting for festivals to go and um, have an opportunity to show my comics and stuff. And I I think I started in 2016 when I went to um, uh, Thought Bubble in Leeds, in England.
0: Yeah, and 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 Thought Bubble is a um, massive festival.
1: Yeah, it is. And uh, um, I never uh, went to another festival outside of Portugal, so... I really got the, the taste for it, you know. So traveling abroad, seeing new stuff, having an opportunity to, to show my stuff to other people. It's, it's awesome. So when I found about um, Mignola going to your, your festival, I, I saw the poster and I, I, I thought, shit, I, I want to... Uh, sorry for the curse. Uh, <laughs>
0: that's all right.
1: Um, I, I, I thought, damn, Mignola is going... Uh, I never been to Denmark, and Copenhagen uh, looks really cool. So, let me email the guys in the organization see if there's any possibility of uh, a table. I saw that um, it was right like a month before or something, so it was uh, like a shot in the dark. But uh, yeah, it, it doesn't hurt to try it. So, and uh, you guys were awesome. You said uh, right away. Maybe I, we can find you a little spot here and or there, and let's see how this works and stuff. So um, it was really cool. Uh, yeah, so well, that-
0: we were we were just thrilled to to actually get that kind of attention. Um, we're, we've been building up throughout the years here, and and actually uh, getting contact from from people who said, "Oh, well, we heard about your festival, and and we really want to come." That's uh, that's cool for us. So. Yeah. We thank you for coming that was awesome.
1: Yeah yeah thanks man thanks thanks, thanks for having me and being so uh, uh having so so good of an hospitality and uh, I I, f- I felt really welcome so it was really fun for me.
0: Well it's it's good that you had a a great experience at Art Bubble that's definitely uh one of our focal points for for all of our guests. So now, now that we've talked about how you, how you came to be at the festival, what did you, uh, what did you think of the venue and of the festival in general?
1: Well, first of all, the, the tower was, was awesome. Uh, I love old buildings and stuff. And when I saw the tower itself, I thought, damn, that's a really cool place to have a festival in. And then, like, it's in the center of the, um, of the city. So it's a really good place just for that alone, too. Uh, and then the the ambient was really cozy um, uh, like it's a, a tiny festival for now, but uh, uh, there's a, a good mood in the air and everybody's it, um, is coming there's lots of uh, people visiting the tower and stuff so I, I I felt it was a really cool festival, not like the like in terms of size. It's similar to the Portuguese festivals, but it had more of a professional touch. And um, um, I I thought it was awesome. I think you you guys do a great job with the the scene. From what I understand, the uh, Danish comic scene is not a huge thing. So I, I think you do really well with the... With your culture and pushing the comics culture to the forefront, is
0: it's nice. Thanks, man. We appreciate that. Now, as you as you said, it reminds you of um, of the Portuguese scene. Could you could you tell us a little bit about the Portuguese scene? Because yeah, we but, don't know much about it, to be honest. Yeah, it's a,
1: uh, it's a, a tiny scene. It's like um, Portugal is a tiny country, but we have uh, like um, we have a a tiny culture, but a kind of rich culture in terms of artists. Uh, Not so much in terms of market, like there's not a lot of people that actually buy comics and and stuff, but uh, the people that do are really, they they really support the the scene here, so to speak. And um, we have tons of great artists. Not so much opportunities and not so much uh, like we have three, three or four uh, small publishers, but uh, nothing really huge and nothing that uh, actually pays any, anything really decent, uh, I'm sad to say. But um, we have great artists and that's, the, that's uh, I, I think that's the biggest uh, strength of the Portuguese scene.
0: Well, it's certainly the the Portuguese culture, of course, has for not just decades but centuries been very strong artistically. So, do you feel that that the comics scene has inherited some of that um, old school, new school Portuguese outlook on art, or or am I just spewing spewing some other crap here?
1: Uh, I, I'm no expert either, but um, actually, I think. We have some strength uh, some strength in, uh, like, uh, the literary uh, history of our country and stuff. Art, we, have, we had some good artists along the centuries, but I don't think we ever had that big of an identity. And that's kind of the, the thing that uh, uh, makes uh, some Portuguese artists so good, is, like, we, we don't really have uh, an identity, I think. So, when you look at, look at uh, Portuguese artists, you don't see uh, a set style or a set uh, sort of way of doing things. So, you have lots of variety and um, and people influenced by other stuff from all around the world. So, like, uh, if you look at French comics, you, you can see kind of uh, at least two styles, you know. Like the, the the line clear style of the clear line style and and the more realistic stuff in Portugal you don't have that much culture to pinpoint the style so to sp- so to speak so we actually have a lot of variety I think that's a good strength in
0: oh I definitely I mean the the bigger the variety the perhaps the more um, obvious it becomes when you have a signature line for an artist rather than for a whole movement, uh, a whole type of comic
1: yeah I agree Yeah, it's easier to stand out when uh, when people are doing all all the same stuff but uh, I think it's kind of, it's an healthy environment when people are veering off to different uh, corners of the arts Mm. world so to say Yeah. yeah
0: So let, let's talk a bit then about your style, because that was one of the things that came to my attention straight away when I was looking at your art artwork when you sent the uh, the first email, and um, I was like, okay, who is this guy? Let's see what he's done, and it just it just clicked with me straight away, and I don't know what it was about it, but there was just something awesome about it to to put it plainly. Like I'm I'm not an artist, so I can't go into all the technical details. But there was something in the art that resonated with me and I noticed that this happened with a lot of other people as well because you did really well at the festival, didn't you?
1: I I think so, yeah. I was kind of proud of um, uh, the way people um, reacted to my stuff. It felt really good, actually. And thanks, yeah.
0: Yeah, because you brought with you some of your work and I wanted, I wanted to buy it on the spot, but you were like, no, I'm not going to sell you this. Uh, I'll, I'll go home and I'll send you a copy and, and all will be well, and you did, and and that didn't take long at all, actually, uh, in lieu of the problems we have with postal services around the world. Yeah.
1: Um, I was super surprised, and I have to tell you, it was not because of the Portuguese postal service.
0: Well, it's funny <laughs> you should say that, because we talk about the Danish postal service, not that we're going to bore the, the listeners with that, yeah. but it's, it was quicker getting, uh, an actual package from Portugal than it would be sending a package within the boundaries of Denmark. So that's, yeah. and that's the first, no lie. <laughs> the thing was
1: that, uh, when I sent you the, those books, uh, I, I, I sent to an, uh, a lot of people including a friend here in Portugal in Coimbra is a, a, a city in the center. And, um, the package to that friend arrived like two weeks later than the rest. <laughs> so I don't oh.
0: know what happened, but yeah, mine, mine arrived like two days after you sent. You went, said you went to the post office, but but that was a good thing though. The fact that you had to send me uh, books because you actually sold out. I don't know how many books you brought. Um, I but didn't bring
1: lots of books, but um, um, it's like. It, I'm trying to learn how many books to bring to a festival because, like, uh, when I went to Top Bubble, I, I brought like a huge suitcase with loads of books. And although I did pretty well there too, um, I brought most of them home. Um, this this time, I, th- I thought, ah, oh, there's a small smaller festival and stuff. I'll bring like a little less books, and I sold them all, and it was fantastic because you never you never know. Um, with big festivals, you have so much to choose from. Uh, so, of course, you're not going to sell t- as well as a festival where it's a little tinier, a, tinier, a little less artists. Um, yeah, but uh, it was really great to so, to sell out on that festival because, well, uh, it feels good to go home empty-handed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not often you say that, I want to go home empty-handed. But sure. but yeah, when you go to a festival, that's definitely what you want to do. You wanna go home empty handed. You wanna be able to say like I sold out, I'm done, and I can get to enjoy the rest of the show without being stuck at a table.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's as nice too, yeah.
0: Yeah, it must be an awesome feeling. I haven't tried that yet, but maybe someday I will. Now the key it, is to bring less
1: books. <laughs> well, I,
0: I don't still want to sell though. Come on. Yeah. Of course, of course. Now in, in terms of um of where you were sitting, you were actually located at a table right next to where Mignola was uh was signing. Yeah. And um I couldn't help but notice that he was commenting on your artwork when you came home from the festival.
1: Yeah, so- that was that blew my mind. Like Mignola for me is like my number one artist since I was like twelve, I think. Like, between him and uh, Moebius, they are the two, my favorite artists ever. And that was one of the reasons for me to want to come to Copenhagen, because I thought, ah, maybe I'll, I'll get to speak a little bit with him. You never know what happens. Um, uh, being an artist in the comics is, um, is partially about uh, meeting other guys and trading ideas and seeing if there goes anywhere and stuff. So uh, uh, Mignola opening my book and enjoying my stuff, uh, it was like an highlight for me f- for my career. It was it felt it felt really good, and uh, I love his stuff and get to to speak with him at his table between the signing sessions and stuff and uh, trading some uh, ideas about. Uh, stories and stuff it was it's, it was
0: awesome yeah I would imagine so I mean that must, must kind of be the, like one of the highlights for any artist um, in comics to meet the people that have inspired you and, and yeah. have have tried maybe bringing on or, or out uh, whatever it is that you are still looking to do so yeah that looked uh, or, and sounds uh, absolutely fantastic
1: yeah and uh, when you meet your 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 idols, so to say, you, sometimes you, they say that uh, it's better not to meet them because you might uh, get away from the conversation disappointed. Ah, maybe that guy was an asshole or something. But Mignolo was super approachable and um, super kind, and it, uh, it was awesome to, to speak with him. And I, I, um, I went back on the same plane as him and it was funny because um, uh, I was trying to save money, so I, I slept a few hours on the airport bef- before my flight. I had an early flight, and he was like uh, laughing at me because when uh, we we would eventually met at the airport, I would be like super tired and zombified and would be fresh from the hotel. So we had a good laugh about that.
0: <laughs> oh, did you meet him at the, uh, at the airport afterwards? Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had, we'll catch the same plane to to Frankfurt.
0: Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah. So, did you did you get to to chat with him a bit more then?
1: Uh, no, no, I didn't want to bother him. You know, like I I, I had to battle myself to not be that guy that was like <laughs> constantly peeking to see if he, it, if he remembered me or something. You know, it's, it's super weird because uh, to me, it's like a rock star or something. So. You know, you you don't want to be that guy that's constantly uh, seeking approval or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's true. You you do, you really don't want to do that. But I noticed that he he was commenting on on your stuff. Like I started out saying that he was watching you do videos of uh, of you doing artwork, and he was in looking at your what was it triple O brush when you were inking. I,
1: uh yeah yeah yeah. I ink with a ultra tiny brush. Um, actually, I, I was. I was friends with him on Facebook before, so I, I think he he once or twice content, commented on my stuff on Facebook. That right. blue way like, and uh, that was one of the reasons because uh, for me to go there. I was thinking ah, he might remember my stuff, and I'll give him a book or something. So um, it was um, it was great to to. To, meet, uh, to have an approval by your kind of grandfather in the stuff you do, you know. Yeah. Is, is such a huge influence in the way, not necessarily on my style, because I, I think I'm a polar opposite of him in a lot of ways. Like, he's super minimalistic and uh, shape-focused, and I'm, I'm more uh, on the detail side of things. But in terms of storytelling, I, I think I have re- ripped him off, like a lot in the way I've placed my pages and uh, and uh showing a, a scene I think I take those that stuff a lot from him uh, because I think the, the Alboy comics are the, the comics I have read the most and reread the most uh of all the comics I own I think so it's a profound influence um visually I love this stuff but uh, um and the way it it picks up uh mythologies and twists twists them around and mixes them together uh, that's a huge influence on me too so Yeah,
0: yeah. And that that certainly does shine through in uh in your work and I would actually agree that visually your styles are very very far apart um but the storytelling, there are certainly aspects of that, and I, I, I can certainly think of people who are worse to rip off or, or copy in that kind of aspect than Mignola, because as you say, he's picking up snippets of, of mythology everywhere and just bringing them in, and and yeah. does it? He makes it look effortlessly.
1: Yeah, yeah, or effortless rather. And the thing is uh, about Mignola is like his style is so unique that. Um, there's uh, a lot of uh, artists that try to mi- mimic him, but uh, there's really a few that actually uh, are influenced by him a lot visually, but are not ripping him off, you know. Right. Uh, McLean is a good example of a guy that you can see there's Andrew McLean. For,
0: uh, of the Hedlopper comic. Yeah. Uh,
1: you can see uh, a good influence on him by Mignola. But you can see that he has uh, a lot of uh, his own personality and he brings a lot of other stuff to the table. There's other guys that you you look at that stuff and you say, that's only Mignola done a little bit worse, you know. And and when I was like, I found uh, uh, some pages from when I was like 16. I had three pages from a comic I drew. It was like, Mignola to the T, but really badly drawn. And uh, I remember thinking when I was a kid that uh, I, I always, I, I always um, uh, got some, like during some period I was super influenced by this guy or that guy, but I never really stuck around to copy him that guy specifically for a long time uh and uh, i think that's an healthy thing to do is like be influenced try to to drink some of that um uh some some of those ideas and stuff but move away from them uh, also when you you have learned something so uh, i think i learned when i was a kid that i didn't want to be one of those guys that like oh i's a mignola copycat you know so
0: well, that's certainly, certainly a, a good way to think about it and a good way to approach um, your artwork and, and your storytelling techniques. Yeah. So so in terms of, you, know, you mentioned um, Andrew McLean who, yeah. uh, who does the Head Lopper comic and that's also mm-hmm. one of the first places where I actually noticed your art and I know that I did not pay enough attention when I saw it the first time around. Because I had fallen over that comic at some point, I think I might have just seen it at the store and thought, "Okay, this looks cool. I'm gonna buy that," and it was just awesome. And yeah. you did a pinup for that as well.
1: Yeah, I did. I did. Um, yeah, I met uh, Andrew in in Top Bubble. Um, super nice guy, super talented, and um, actually, I, I was friends with him on Facebook. Um. Because uh, the fun fun thing about comics is like uh, artists seek each other on on the social media to because uh, we all learn from each other and stuff and um, I got to follow Andrew's work for a, a few years and see him progress and develop uh, Ed Lauper and stuff and uh, I love his work and when they asked me for to do a pinup for the book I, I said of course uh, it's my, my absolute pleasure. And um, I think that's one of the first uh, uh, actually um, illustrations I had published on the American market uh, with my style. That's I did. Awesome. Uh,
0: that's sorry? awesome, man.
1: Yeah. I, I did once um, a book for Boom Studios for, uh, for their Cartoon Network adaptations of the um, Regular show comics it's like ch- uh, ch- children's comics in, in a way. And it was not my style at all, so I don't really consider that my breakthrough to the industry, so to say. But it's uh, one step of the time, at the time.
0: Well, yeah. I certainly, I didn't know that about the uh, about the Boom Studio book.
1: Yeah, I, I did that um, uh, two years ago or three. I can remember exactly. Um, yeah, uh, I did some com- covers for them for uh, Adventure Time, for Regular Show and uh, uh, Uncle Grandpa. All right.
0: So you're yeah, the- you're getting there. It's it's maybe slower than you'd like, but but it sounds like you are moving into the uh well, not mainstream, but certainly the uh, the bigger markets.
1: Yeah. 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 Um you keep trying, you know? I actually never really tried that hard to to send pitches to publishers and stuff because um, um, for a long time I uh, was really focused on doing stuff for myself and publishing stuff on zines and stuff. Um, And uh, while I was studying graphic design in college, uh, there was a period where I was not really uh connected to comics for a while. I think that was the biggest stretch when I was not thinking I wanna be a comic artist someday or stuff. So in the last like three years I think I actually started to um try and uh be a professional comic artist in some way. So um it was, we'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah we certainly wish you all the best of luck.
1: Yeah. Thanks. man.
0: Now, if if we took uh, if we take a look at where people might see you uh, in the future, because you mentioned earlier that you went to to Thought Bubble, you're seeking out festivals. So, yeah. if we're gonna take a a brief, where can you meet Zay in uh, let's say within the next six months to a year? Where do you think you're gonna be going?
1: I don't know. It's kind of up up in the air right now. I, I was planning to go to Euroscon. Uh, this year in the right. uh, um, North Carolina. but I, I think I might I might actually go next year uh, when I have a new book two new books actually probably ready by then. So this year I'm kind of in the limbo. Uh, I'm not going to, to Leeds again, but' I'm, I'm currently hunting down for some festivals to go in Europe later in the year. So I can really answer
0: that right now. Well, that's a shame. But, but where can people then follow you or, or find out where you're going to be going? Because we've had uh, a lot of conversations, actually, about your work here in Denmark. I'm uh, part of a different podcast called Zainese Insnak, which people can find online. And I've had a few guests who on the show who were absolutely crazy about your stuff um yeah isn't it just because there's there's like i said there is something about it that just uh, draws people in and you sold out and and you were just doing a new printing i think um weren't you yeah
1: Yeah, i'm uh, currently waiting for the printers to deliver the books to me so yeah but um uh um i felt really honored to have uh, that response because that book and is a really special project for me so i'm really trying hard to to make something of it um and i have um, some ambitions for it to to go somewhere so i'm um, i'm really really happy that um, the book is it's getting it's getting somewhere i think uh, people are enjoying it and that's that for now that's uh, that's all that i need to keep moving forward so
0: so let's do the the shameless uh promotion bit here cuz we we don't mind doing that at all we we want you guys to get your work out there tell us about the book cuz now un- up until now we've just referred to it as the book your book and and everything else yeah. but what is your book
1: yeah well um, to to give a, a little backstory, um, for about uh, two years, um, starting for like 2014 to f- uh, 15 or 16, I can say exactly, I worked on a, a small um, web comic called Witch Gauntlet. that was um, kind of a heavy metal slash Adventure Time a comic um, about uh, wizards and swords and uh, kind of uh, crappy things. And it was fun, but um, um, when I started developing and doing like a, a page a week uh, for two years, I, I was really feeling, feeling really constrained with the world I created for that comic. I had to dra- draw um, from a specific kind of pool of ideas like uh, heavy metal, you have schools and stuff and uh, swords and wizards and all that crap and I, I was feeling really uh, bored with it so I decided to not finish that book um, and uh, start a new project that had uh, that had no sense of uh, constraints for me so <coughs> the, the idea was to make Create a world where a- anything could happen for the character, um, and so the the book is called Andromeda, and the story is uh, a very loose and um, almost wordless uh, story about this guy wandering in, in the a desert landscape, um, and the general idea of the comic is uh, this guy. Is lost in the world. You don't know where he, where he's from, um, and you will eventually know that he wants to get somewhere. So the the comic is all about he, him traveling around this landscape. This the the, the comic is called Andromeda uh, because the uh, the galaxy Andromeda, but in the comic is Andromeda is like a planet, and so this is a guy exploring a world. So it's kind of uh, um, a sandbox idea. So (laughs) it's all about uh, uh, me reading. I I really enjoy mythology and and all that stuff, folklore from around the world. So the idea is picking up tiny ideas from here and there and mixing them all together in this uh, world, this kind of post-apocalyptic and stuff. Um, for example, the first comic I did, I don't think... I, I sent you that one, Bugonia. Yeah,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. That one is uh, actually based on a, a Tibetan uh, Tibetan uh, folktale, very loosely. Um, and the second one is uh, based around uh, some Greek myths. So it's... uh general idea for me is just like... Um, I can actually do most uh, most of anything I want to draw, actually, and it fits well in the world. So I don't think I have explained myself really succinctly, but it's kind of a vague comic, all about landscape and um, atmosphere and stuff. And um, and I, I really want to to do it for a a, lo- a while, at least.
0: Yeah, because the the idea of this person, our our hero, um, I don't think we ever get a name on him either. Um, walking through this, yeah, as you said, very post apocalyptic landscape. It looks like it might be a, um, an Earth that has taken a really really bad turn. Yeah, and and he's meeting these very uh how to best describe them? Human, animal, hybrid things that are crossed with uh, <sighs> decaying corpses and everything else that are chasing him around. Um, there is uh, yeah. there is certainly something about that whole atmosphere. It is very very uh, atmospheric. This comic there's a there's a lot of um, what the hell is going on? Elements in it. As you say, he's just wandering around to start with, until he encounters uh, some some of these creatures, and then encounters, from from what we can see, the only other people actually in this place.
1: Yeah, yeah, like um, it's um, in the general sense. Uh, I think I'm um, actually putting forth my my feelings are about like. The world, the state of the world, so to speak, like um, environmentally, uh, politically, um, we live. I think there's reasons to be hopeful, but we live in uh, our time. So the concept for me is like picking up on that uh, that uh, general feeling and trying to translate that into a kind of a silent story or something. Um, picking up. From other stories and mixing in that all together in, in a ball of uh, weird, crazy stuff, like I have a little bit of horror, a little bit of uh, uh, sur- suspense and surprise. I'm I actually I'm really mixing all that stuff that I really enjoy about art in general. Like um, when I draw, I mostly listen to music. Um, and the music is a a really big inspiration for me in in my artwork because uh, when I'm listening listening to some album I I always want to draw how that album makes me feel in some way so the the idea for the comic being wordless is like you're seeing a landscape being created and, um, and being destroyed and being rebuilt and so so on and so forth, and also uh, pulling from uh, movies from everywhere from all the stuff that I enjoy so it's kind of a, a mishmash of, of stuff. hopefully it's enjoyable for people, but uh, for me it's fun to think about all that um, all the stuff I want to include in that.
0: Well, that's certainly it. Rings very true with uh, with what Mignola actually said at the Round Tower, where he had a panel that people should do the stories that they want to do. They shouldn't feel forced to to do anything that they would rather not be doing, as long as they're enjoying the work that they're doing. Well, yeah, they they shouldn't I, care. Of course, he's Mike yeah, Mignola. He he got to got to yeah, where but, he is by doing just that.
1: Exactly. I, I, but I always. Um took that to art from him, like um, uh, from reading uh, him speaking in interviews and stuff, he, he always spoke to me in that way, um, because I think it's true, when you are uh, coming from an angle of I want to do this story, but because I think that story is going to be popular with people, I think that's not exactly the, the, the way you want to, to frame your ideas. It's not bad. It, I think it doesn't hurt to make something that people will enjoy. And that's not nothing wrong with that. I th- but I think the the way to make something that is relatable is to make something that uh, feels important to you in some way. I think so. Not to be too grand about it, but um, um, I think that feels better than thinking ah, I'm going to do a zombie comic because uh, Walking Dead is so popular right now. You know.
0: Well it's yeah that's definitely the way to go um and you should uh, and you said that you were working on the next few stories for for Andromeda as well weren't you
1: Yeah yeah um am I'm, I'm currently uh working um on a, a possible collection I'm working on another book right now but uh Whenever I have a chance, I'm uh, line, lining up plots and ideas for for another, uh, a third story, a bigger story, and the, the idea is to later collect all those uh, little comics in one decent-sized book uh, and see where it goes from there. Uh, for me, I have ideas for uh, five books. I have... I have a, a, a ton of loose ideas, but I don't have a set way to how to move forward. But um, uh, I don't have a really, really a set plan. But I have a loose sketch about what I, I would like to do, and the rest is going to 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 happen when it happens. Um, if I have, if I ever find a publisher to help me put this out. Uh, it might be the way to actually make it happen if not I, i'll i might keep working on it on, on the side i don't know for now but uh, i have i have some ideas for the future
0: oh that sounds good man so you were just mentioning if if other people might hire you do do you have anything lined up for uh, non Bernay projects or or collaborations yeah. with others
1: yeah, I'm currently working on a project with um, some U.S. guys, uh, Ulysses Farinas. Um, that's a guy from um, – uh, he has done for, uh, stuff for IDW, like Godzilla, and just Judge Dredd and stuff on Dark Horse. He's an awesome guy. And uh, um, he, um, he, him and uh, Robert Media Med- Mediavilla, sorry, Rob, for – Uh, saying your name wrong. Uh, We are working on a cool little book right now, currently uh, uh, preparing um, a presentation for some publishers. Um, uh, It's going to be really cool, I think. I I can't say much about it right now because we don't have a home for it, so... um, Oh, come on! uh, Well, I can tell you the title. (laughs) All right. I can tell you, uh, uh, the book is called Antidiluvian, and it's an uh, adaptation of the um, the Genesis chapter of the Bible. Oh, wow. And it's, it's going to be done really straight, like no big interpretations and more what the book says, we draw it and we make it happen. Uh, and that's the fun part about it, because there's some wacky stuff on the Old Testament. So... There's some really cool imagery, and we are uh, we are we are making a really fun book. I think I, I think people will will enjoy it. It's like mixed. Um, it's like a mix of the Old Testament, but from the point of view, like of a, almost a fundamentalist Christian guy, because it's like uh, if according to the Bible, uh, all the dinosaur dinos, uh, animals were created by God in six days or whatever. Then dinosaurs would have to be made by God at the same time. Would they would have to be living at the same time as oh, early humans? So we are making like um, this uh, uh, like the ancient Earth according to science, but from the point of view of uh, the Bible. So like Pangea, the old uh, continent, and dinosaurs and Adam and Eve were roaming the landscape and. It's uh, it's going to be a really fun project.
0: So Adam and Eve sitting in a dinosaur saddle, like going run T Rex, run! Oh man, that sounds like fun. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's going to really be be really cool. For me, it's super fun because I get to uh, research like uh, uh, primitive cultures and uh, weird uh, animals and stuff, and I really enjoy that all that uh, science. Uh, stuff so uh, the, the the book is going to look pretty th- cool, I think. I'm drawing like the I'm at, at in the fourth page right now, so that's, oh, so
0: it's that new.
1: Yeah, it's it's a long it's a long ways, and uh, but I think it's shaping up to be a, a good project. Uh, There's some interest in some publishers, and we'll see what what happens.
0: All right, I wish you all the best of luck with that, man. It sounds like it's going to be awesome.
1: Thanks,
0: man. Thanks. Now, you you mentioned as well um, earlier that you'd been going out to several festivals. This is all the way back to the beginning of uh, of our podcast here. That you went to Thought Bubble um, in two thousand. What was it, sixteen? Yeah. Uh, where you met Andrew. You might have met Mike. Um, I think he was there yeah. in sixteen.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I I shook his hand. I think, but uh, I didn't get the, much of a chance to speak with him.
0: Right. Yeah, because that's a that's a. Busier For festival festivals like
1: that, yeah. You you never get to have that uh, more familiar atmosphere. That's what I loved about Outbubble Bubble. It's like uh, that's the cool thing about smaller festivals is like there's a more approachable atmosphere in the air, and people get to 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 chat more. And it's not more like I have to get to the, that table and that table and see that and this and that and that it's it's great. Actually, I haven't been to that much festivals. I went to Top Bubble uh, two years in a row. I went two years back and last year, uh, and I went to, to your festival. And uh, apart from that, some uh, festivals in Portugal. Uh, but uh, um, I'm going to moving forwards to go to any any festival I can get my my foot in the door.
0: Yeah, so if there are any festival organizers here, get Zay, or at least check out Zay's stuff, because I think this boy's going places. <laughs>
1: Thanks, man.
0: Oh, I'm going to edit this part out. <laughs> I'm just, oh, where do I go from here? <laughs> oh, man. Ah, oh, And it's freezing cold yeah. in here as well.
1: I, I think I, I mumbled a lot throughout this, so be, feel free to edit uh, all the awkwardness
0: <laughs> I, I think the uh, well it's not an awkwardness part so much as it is you know you, you actually have to have time to think yeah, yeah Um. when when you're not prepared for whatever you're thrown then you have to like have a few seconds or, or more to, to think about things yeah
1: yeah exactly
0: yeah but I, lo- I kind of lost my thread there so I'm gonna try to get back to that sure Oh, it's not always easy. <laughs> um,
1: th- what do you think about uh, Moebius? Are Moab- you,
0: Moebius is awesome.
1: Are are you guys in uh, Denmark uh, big fans of him or something or no? Oh
0: yeah, love- Moebius Mo- Moebius is huge in Denmark. Uh, both as uh, Jean Giraud and and as Moebius. Yeah. So uh, that whole thing is—is um, not Oh, that—that actually—that could take me to to an interesting path. So I'm just going to count down to to three right. from three and and uh, go back to Moebius. Right. Actually, where I'm going to take it down to Moebius uh, okay. and the French comic scene. All right, you ready? All right, all Let's right. Uh, three, two, one. Now, earlier on the show, you mentioned uh, aside from Mignola that Moebius was a, a big influence on your art style. Yeah. How is how is the comics scene in Portugal in terms of of his work and, and of French work, which you also mentioned earlier? Is there a lot of um, translation going on for so translated yeah. into Portuguese?
1: Oh yeah, that's that's uh, from Moebius specifically. There's some stuff. Uh, like uh, Blueberry, uh, there's most of the Blueberry stuff translated in Portuguese. Uh, some of his Moebius uh, stuff, not all of it, but it's pretty complete. And uh, Portugal actually, like um, 10 or 15 years ago, we had a huge market for translations of French comics. So we had all that stuff translated and that's awesome. Um Because, uh, like, for me, uh, when I was a kid, um, my father was a collector of French comics. Uh, And um, right around, like, I was five or six, it was the time when he was kind of getting bored with comics. And uh, I was the one that was going to to the bookcase and selling all those books and uh, bringing those to my room. So he gave that collection to me. That was actually my start with comics, was with French comics. Tintin, Asterix, later on uh, Blueberry and Moebius and yeah, that's a huge, huge influence on me.
0: And is there anything in particular that you found, was it more the, the Jean Giroux style of Blueberry or was it more the Moebius with uh, yeah. with the Hermetic Garage and, uh, yeah. and the Meta Barons and everything?
1: The um, Moebius was the, the the big one for me at first, um, and actually, like two years ago, I went down the finally the Blueberry Road with the, the Giro stuff, and uh, I was I spent the whole summer reading all those books, um, and I can kind of felt dumb for never exploring it before, but the Moebius stuff in uh, they it's it struck a really big chord with me. The, the way he draws is like he's um personally I think he's the greatest greatest comic book artist ever in terms of uh, all all his dynamics and the way it he, he tells the stories and the ideas. I think he I think he's a godfather in a way to and for me between him and Mignola there, there's no one else. I could read books by those guys forever and be completely satisfied. But Blueberry, uh, bringing it back to to the Giro stuff, the Blueberry stuff is so, so good, so well-drawn, so well-written in terms of um, the story of the Wild West and stuff. And I really like um, Western movies particularly. I think there's a, a, a big influence of of that in uh, Andromeda also. Oh, there
0: certainly is, yeah.
1: And there's uh, more coming from that. I think I have really, I have some big ideas about uh, doing some really f- uh, Western influenced stuff. So blueberry for me is like the 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 cream of the crop for that. I think actually for a French guys, I think they did uh, uh, probably one of the top best westerns ever including american stuff uh, in in terms of comics uh blueberry puts a lot of the american stuff to shame and it's kind of weird because that's not their culture and uh in some ways i think they they did them better than the the americans
0: <laughs> well it's funny you should say that cuz i was um i was with or or listened to uh jean-claude messier the creator of Linda and Valentine, or um, I'm trying to remember what it's called in um, in English. It's Linda and Valentine in uh, in Danish. Um,
1: I'm sure, I'm not sure if I'm familiar with
0: it. Yeah, yeah, you are, because it just came out as as a movie by Luc Besson, and I'm trying to remember what it's called. Valerian. There we go. Oh, course, yeah. See, always oh, it's, it's because of the whole translation thing that Linda and Valentin uh, as yeah. are the oh. names of the characters in Danish. They are just so ingrained into the Danish culture that people were pissed off when uh, when the film was arriving and it was called Valerian. Yeah. But but Valerian is a is a very old comic, um, and there are a lot of things in Valerian that I know are inspired by Moebius, because <laughs> he was working or or riffing with uh, Jean-Claude Messier at the time. This is 40 yeah, yeah, yeah. years ago. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Messier actually said that, that Moebius was probably the best artist that he'd ever known. The point being here that that Messier and I think a lot of the other artists actually went to the U.S. to get inspiration. And as you say, they then upstaged uh, a lot of the artists. I'm not saying everybody. yeah, yeah. yeah. But course. because they're... <laughs> doing totally different things.
1: Yeah, it's true, but I think um, they they took some of that inspiration and uh, l- uh, led it to some uh, new place. Uh, like, um, there's some psych- psychedelic stuff in uh, Kirby comics, for example, uh, that was already there in the American scene, and I think Moebius, like picked that stuff up and, and put that to paper in a in a bigger uh, way um and there's some uh, like a good example um a parallel example is um, the Sergio Leone movies yeah uh, like the spaghetti westerns for me are my my favorite westerns and it's like they they went there they they pick pick that up and uh made it their way it's not so maybe historically, not. Uh, I don't. I don't know how to explain this, but uh, I. I think. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm rambling. <laughs> like, well, it
0: might, I think you're going for the uh, might not be historically accurate. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. No, but I, I lost the thread of what I was uh, gonna to, going to say. But uh, never mind. I think the the French scene, apart from the the early Hergé stuff. I think the 70s stuff uh, really drank a lot from the American stuff uh, and meshed it all together, in a way. I really like the, the, the scene these days where if you go to the comic scene in America or the comic scene in France, um, they are all borrowing from each other and they are not that separate these days, I think, in a way, at least. But uh, And that's good.
0: Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of of uh, exchanges of influence and and uh, tributes to to different artists that people have started noticing. I know that uh, Andrew uh, was very inspired by uh, a French artist whose name I can't remember right now, but I'll see if I can get that in the, in the show notes. Um, but there definitely is with this whole internet thing with the post order thing. Easier to to find really really good comics and cool comics, and it's easier to seek out what you want.
1: Yeah, it's like the bubbles have popped, and it's all meshing up together in the in a big um, in a big way. I think, yeah, and that's that feels really good uh, from the point of view of uh, a comic artist because, like, um, I have tons of uh, comic artist friends around the world thanks to the internet, and we all. Uh, share books and ideas and our work with each other. And it feels really good um, for the scene itself. It feels really good to for people to be feeling a part of a bigger whole, I think. So I really like that aspect of the social media these days.
0: It works. Yeah, definitely. Cause I mean, I wouldn't have imagined you at a Danish festival prior to your arrival uh, as you, as it were um, if not for social media, because otherwise you wouldn't have known that Mignola would, would have been in Denmark. Um, You wouldn't have met Mignola possibly anyway um, uh, outside of Portugal, perhaps. So, so it's, it's a big question of, of yeah, bringing things together and, and, than actually meeting people in person at a festival. There's just something about that yeah. that I love. Of course, yeah, that's exactly. why I'm organizing festivals, for Christ's sake.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And like for, from my point of view, that like if I want to make comics for a living someday, I, I have to reach out to, to other places because in Portugal, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, I'm sad to say, but... Uh, uh, and like we as a country, we don't really appreciate art all that much, and we don't value it. So it's really hard for an artist to survive here, because uh, like um, uh, there's no money. You know, mm. no nobody is going to pay you the minimal price for a drawing for for your company or or stuff like that. So you you really have to like i uh, i work as a freelance illustrator and 90% of my work is for uh, other countries um and thanks to social media that's possible for me if not i would probably be st- stacking up boxes in somewhere else somewhere and uh, be making drawings on the side yeah
0: so what what did you said that 90% of your uh work aside from your comics goes to goes abroad what is it that that makes you the money for you to be able to to follow your passion and your dream
1: um it's it's hard but it's it's getting there and uh, i'm making mostly artwork for bands and um f- uh, companies make, making prints posters stuff like that and um yeah you have to uh, put just uh, pick up yourself by your bootstraps and draw, draw, draw. Lots of lots of work. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's the classic. Don't quit your day job just yet.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: All right. Well, we hope you get to quit your day job one day, and uh, hopefully, we'll see you at another Art Bubble Festival. And I know there's some stuff going on in the background, uh, behind the scenes, as it were that we might be able to shed some light on later on. But yeah. for now, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you a bit better, having a, a chat with you again. And I hope it goes really well with uh, with your American project and Thanks, with Andromeda. And if you want to do a, a quick where to find you on social media, go for it.
1: All right. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Um, you can follow my work on um, Facebook, Facebook uh, slash uh, Zeborné or Instagram, uh, just writing my name uh, I'm on Tumblr, uh, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. Um, and yeah, follow me if you if you want to get updates on projects I'm working on and thanks for having me.
0: It was a real pleasure having you. Thanks for coming on the show. And hopefully, like I said, we'll see you at an Art Bubble in the future where you come in as the big shot artist.
1: (laughs) We'll see, man. Uh, It'll be a pleasure for me to, to come back. Yeah, for sure. Thanks.
0: Thank you for joining us at Art Bubble Late Night. Check out our show notes for more information on this week's guest, our jingle composer Vettendorf, and visit art-bubble.dk for information on the festival. We will be back next week with new past and future guests of Art Bubble, the Danish International Comics Arts Festival. Art Bubble 2018 will be at Dock 1 in Aalborg on September 22nd and 23rd. This show has been recorded and produced by Beck Gunnerson.